Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Friday, March 25th, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 453 featuring the voice of the Celtics, Mike Gorman, is powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Here we are, another new edition of Celtics Beat. Second one within a week. We appreciate it. Look, we're, we're, when, when things are good, when things are fun, it just makes us want to keep talking about this team. Adam Kaufman, Evan Valenti, and of course, our very special guest, kind enough to join us multiple times throughout the season, Mike Gorman, television voice of the Celtics, going back, boy, I mean, four decades, basically. A Hall of Famer, <laughs> recognized by the Hall in Springfield. How are you, Mike? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? I'm great. I, I, how could I possibly be bad with what's going on with this team? That's right. Well, that's exactly right. I, I I can't ever recall seeing a turnaround like this. I mean, maybe there has been one by any. I'm talking about anybody paying, uh, be it baseball, football, and suddenly playing half their season and being no better than a 500 team at best. And all of a sudden, the second half of the season, they 21 and four, or 21 and three, or something. In the first 24 games, and 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 not just getting lucky. I mean, beating people beating people over the head right. with the ball, you know, I mean, winning, getting out in front of the front. One of the things I remember most about the, the 80s Celtics, and, and not to go comparing teams, but what, one thing they would do is, and we did all the home games, and I didn't go out on the road. So they they would just destroy people at home all the time. And they'd get like an 18 or 20-point lead in the first quarter, and then it'd be 17 at the half, and we'd go to 16 after three, and then win by 19, you know. And what they did, they never let anybody back into games. There were no such things as, you always hear people talk and say and say, "Well, this team's got one or two runs." Uh, I get rid of that. Um, <laughs> one, one or two runs left in them. Um, there are no runs. The game the other night, they got up by twenty on uh, on Gold, not uh, Utah, Utah and, yeah. and, and the Jazz were never in it, never in it, never got never got it even close to single digits. Forget about making a run at it. Um, so the, the Celtics have margin of victory in the last like ten games, something like twenty five points a game. So. Uh, can they keep this up? Why not? And, you know, you, you, certainly we would have said if we were doing this 10 games ago, well, they probably can't. Then all of a sudden they'd be 10 and 0 and would look bad. So I, I don't see any reason why they can't continue to do this. Um, we'll see, uh, Sunday. It's a pretty good team from Minnesota coming in. They haven't been good in the past, but they seem to be pretty good this year. Um, Memphis is still on the schedule last game of the year. That may not be mean anything to either side. Um, but that's a very good team. They're playing too. Milwaukee. Chicago has really hit the skids. I don't know what's going on there, but they just seem to be losing every game. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to be interesting over these next couple of weeks to see if they can keep this up, but I don't see any reason they can't. Then um, you get some momentum going in the playoffs. It's a whole, you know, the, the thing is people forget when you go to the playoffs, it's, it could be like 25 or 30 more games you play over the mm-hmm. course of a month or two. So it really is like a second season. Um, and they sure have had a good, uh, for that second season right now it is wild like you mentioned obviously the half season turnaround that that we've experienced here and I I saw somebody tweeting out the other day sort of what you're talking about like when's the last time somebody can think of something like this and a couple of the ones that sort of came to my mind and and I don't remember those seasons well enough to remember if there was some big in-season move but I really don't think there was you think of the St. Louis Blues, you know, the year they came back and they beat the Bruins in the cup. They were a, a floundering team until January. Obviously, the uh, I think it was the year before the baseball uh, 
shortened season that that we had because of the pandemic 2019 mm-hmm. that the nationals went out you know they were the worst team in the national league until right. uh, you know july yeah. or whatever it was and then came yeah. on the world series they were a wagon but to your point like we never see this you know this was a team grandy was having fun with this on twitter the other day the the whole you know how it started how it's going this team it took 47 games mike to win their first 23 and they've won 23 of their last 27 it's absolutely yeah. insane what they've been up to obviously and so uh you know now just a game and a half out of first in the east they're you know it's it's still crowded obviously but miami is is starting to kind of fall apart just a, a little bit injuries have contributed mm-hmm. that but you know as we saw there's there's some attitude issues on on that bench as well, potentially. so i i mean i'll 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 ask you you know are you ready to say not just that this team has the ability to go to the NBA finals, but that it yeah. will go to the NBA finals. Are you, are you ready to get on that hill yet? But I, I, I'll tell you this. I'll be surprised if they don't make the Eastern Conference finals. I'll be very surprised that they'll, they'll, they'll get, have to be upset by somebody to, for that to happen, uh, which again seems crazy to say a month ago or two months ago. But, um, so yeah, I, am I, I'm not going to put, say the, the, anything less than the NBA finals would be a disappointment. I think anything less than the Eastern Conference finals right now would be a disappointment. Um, because I think this, you know, they have a great record against these teams that are in front of them. It's not like these teams beat them up all year long. It's just the reverse is true. So they're going to go in a confident bunch. Um, they've got a great player in Tatum who seems to get better as the season goes on. Um, certainly has shown us his ability to pass the ball and how well he can pass the ball. He puts his mind to it. Um, Brown is, you know, consistently does something which is really good. And that he's a first quarter player by nature. He just gets the team going quickly all the time. And that's, that's been a big help for this team that used to fall behind on the first quarter all the time. So, um, they, they got all the right pieces. Everybody's playing well. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to do. Nobody's trying to do more than they can. Um, Marcus Smart has, he's, you know, he's the glue of this club and people can say what they want. He, when, when trading deadline went by and he hadn't been traded, I, I just I literally did a dance. I mean, that, that cause I thought they had a shot if he left. Um, and now with him there and probably going to be there for the long haul. Um, I, I just think they've got a unique player in him. They've got a good bench coming in now. People again know their roles. They come out and they play their roles and they'll try to do more than that. Um, uh, Rob, as Williams has really emerged as a terrific player. I mean, really a terrific game changing type of player. Um, and, and his minutes get longer every time he plays. Um, so I mean, he's, they just have a lot of answers. I guess what I'm trying to say. They have, they have a lot of strong answers to the questions as how, how do you do in the playoffs? And everybody says, well, the playoffs mean defense. Well, this team has been practicing and playing defense for quite some time. So it's not going to be a flip the switch and suddenly we play defense thing. This is something they've been doing for quite a while. So, um, and doing quite successfully. So, um, and it's a long-winded answer to your question, but, um, I would say Eastern Conference Finals, anything less a disappointment. And if they got to the NBA Finals right now, <laughs> as crazy as that sounds, I, I wouldn't be all that surprised. Well, to that point, Ev, I, I think it's good that, you know, Mike acknowledged this. Others have started to as well. I think it's good that we're moving the goalposts for this team. We should be. We shouldn't just be. Oh, yeah. After what we've seen over the last couple of months, we shouldn't, you know, if, if this team should happen to go down in round two of the playoffs, let's say, we shouldn't be sitting there saying, well, you know, this is about where people expected them to be at the start of the year. No, it's yeah. expectations have changed. No question. No question about that. But the thing with me is, and as everybody tries to play, though, what position do you want? Like, what seed do you want in the playoffs? Um, there is lurking the, you know, the the two three scenario where you have to play Giannis and the Bucks that I'm a little scared of um, before the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's really the only scenario where I see that you know it. it both of these teams are are really excellent on um, both sides of the ball, and they're both spearheaded by guys that are very difficult to guard. Tatum is proving every game that he's. Just an absolutely wonderful all-around player. The vision's there. The handle's there. The shot-making's there. The the leadership is there. The defensive stuff's I mean, it's all there. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Giannis, who, by the way, just dropped 50 points in a game six of the NBA Finals not so long ago. That is the guy I'm worried about, of anybody in the Eastern Conference. And if, whenever you play that particular team, you know, if, if it's the second round and the 2-3 matchup, that's tough. If it's the NBA, if it's the Eastern Conference Finals, that's tough, too. But this team has really done an amazing job once the calendar hit 2022 to just be a completely different focused team. As Mike alluded to in terms of getting out to good starts, that Jazz game was maybe the best start I've maybe ever seen in a basketball game by a basketball team. I mean, seven minutes into the game is 28 to 12, and they haven't missed a shot. 
And I think they had 10 makes and nine assists. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how you draw up a start to yeah. a game. And it's just the energy level's different. The, 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 the quotes are the locker room are different. Uh, you're seeing a, a different side of email. I mean, everything has just clicked. And that switch that people always refer to that not everybody can turn on. Well, the Celtics found a way to turn that thing on and they haven't, they haven't let up since. And I, when you look at this team and the balance, it's, it's remarkable. And the only thing I think Mike had a great way to put it. It's, you know, the, people had a lot of questions to ask and they've answered a lot of them. And I think that's right. And my question for Mike as we move forward here is what other questions do we have to ask this team before it's like, yeah, this is the only thing I think is, holding this team back. And Mike, I, you and Scal the other night, you could, every time Derek White took a shot, it was like, oh, just please go in because that's the last piece here. The last yeah. piece is Derek White hitting shots yeah, yeah. and then they're, we're really running here. Is, is that really it? Is it just like a consistent 10, 12 points from Derek White and this team's unstoppable? Or is there other things that we might have to answer? Well, I, I, again, I think everybody has to play up to what they've done so far. I, th- I think that Grant Williams off the bench has to be a physical force in the game, a guy who can go out and borrow, uh, bother Giannis for a long period of time. If he gives up six fouls doing it, so what? But um, he'll go out and have to body people and get together with people that way. Um, you know, again, White making shots certainly would be nice. I, I just want to see him make shots initially so – I can see the frustration on his face. I mean, he doesn't take bad shots. It's not like he's taking bad shots. He's taking good shots. They're just not going down. They rattle around. They come out. So um, I, I just think that, again, if everybody sticks to what they do best and does what they do best and doesn't try to do more, um, which I think is a danger a little bit for the younger guys because they want to win so badly um, that if things get tight, they might want to depart from what has got them there to try to go one-on-one again. I think that it's a bad habit that still is, exists in, in, on this team. I saw a little bit of the other night against the Jazz late. I think people stopped passing the ball and started just trying to go one-on-one. You can't do that. One of the things I was thinking, though, is you was, it gave that scenario to the different teams. I can't remember a time where everybody is so dependent on one guy. You take, you take obviously, Tatum away from the Celtics, and we're not talking about any chances they have. You take Jimmy Butler away from Miami, they're not going anywhere without him. You take Giannis away from the Bucks, see you later. They're not going anywhere without him. You take Embiid away from the Sixers, they're not going anywhere. So all these teams that would like to see playoff when they're all healthy, no one is going to make it through that whole thing. I didn't mention Durant. No one's going to make it through that whole thing and never get hurt. So that's going to be the big thing. Is who's going to go down in that bunch and the Embiid and the um, uh, Butler and the Tatum and the uh, – uh, oh, I'm leaving out somebody. But you, you know what I'm saying. They're all mm-hmm. driven by one man. And if they aren't, um, if that guy goes down, then that's the gift. Everybody says you don't play New Jersey, not New Jersey. You don't want to play Brooklyn. Um, I, I don't care whether you play Brooklyn. Play, you're going to have to get through Brooklyn at some point, play them right away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I'm not sure that's all going to work out as great as people think it is with the, when Kyrie finally plays every game. I think there'll be a point where Kyrie wants the ball and Durant says no. And that's, that relationship is going to start to fringe a little bit. So we'll see. So I agree with everything that you just said in terms of, well, well, no, I mean, in terms of like taking away, you know, the, the biggest star from each team, of course, you know, that's, you're going to, you're going to rule that team out. But I do think that there's a, and, and, and I don't think I'm saying this with, with Homer bias. I think this is, this is a fact. I've heard heard non-Celtics fans say the same thing. I think that the, if, if you were to look at the top, Let's say the rotation, the top seven of, uh, you know, across every NBA team, the Celtics are about as deep, as well-rounded as you will find currently the way they're playing, obviously defensively as a collective unit. And then just obviously Mm -hmm. the contributions that they're getting from all those guys onto the first couple, you know, with the bench. So I, you know, kind of going back to what Evan was talking about of, you know, what do we still need to see? I think that, you know, for anyone out there with eight games left in the regular season that is saying, there's still that thing, you know, I don't believe in the Celtics yet. I'm not saying pencil them into the finals, but in terms of a deep run, I don't believe in the Celtics yet. You're just being defiant at this point. You're being defiant because you know, it's anyone can say, well, show me in the playoffs fine. But what about the rest of the regular season to get there? What does it take for you to, you know, what's missing to get you to, to fully buy in. So I, you know, I asked the, the Twitter community, Mike, and some of the answers that I got. uh, And I, I thought there were some good ones here. Some people said, and I believe in this one, not having fresh legs. If he may keeps, you know, grinding with an eight man rotation, even during blowouts and not getting his starters some rest. Fortunately, he did against Utah, didn't against OKC. And I think that was part of that, that sort of fourth quarter 
collapsed there before they yeah. held on. Uh, bench scoring. Always the last game, last game of West Coast road trip. So yes, second of half. course. It's always yeah. faster. Absolutely. Um, bench scoring, you know, you mentioned obviously Derek White, some people are concerned about that getting cold from three point range, which I think, you know, that's viable. They're on a hot streak right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown getting double teams with Jason Tatum off the floor. And then where does your offense come from? You know, on a consistent mm-hmm. basis, that's valid. Mm-hmm. Um, overconfidence, which, uh, I would be a thing that I would worry about if not for the fact that Tatum and Brown and smart have been around long enough to have deep runs and to get upset early. Like they've seen both sides of the coin. So the overconfidence yeah. thing, getting cocky, that really doesn't concern me. Um, other teams getting star calls, but not Tatum. The Nets, you know, with Irving available for home games as you hit on. Then, you know, mm-hmm. all that range to the other end of the spectrum, which is, you know, do we have enough room for another banner? Uh, is, is, uh, is, is Boston going to be so dominant in the playoffs? It's actually going to be boring. This is, you know, concern out there from people. So, you know, is, is there that one thing just to kind of build on what you were just talking about? Is there that one thing that you feel like you still need to see having seen championship teams, plenty of them in the past? Is there that one thing this team needs to show you to so, sort of put them in that same company with all those, all those others? Uh, that they can score in the half court and it doesn't have to be a three from the corner. Um, I'd like to see something where they can maybe post the L up a little bit on occasion on people. Um, I'd like to see the ball go inside and not necessarily come back out. Uh, like they always say, go inside and then pass to the corner and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I think they need to score in the paint. Um, I need to, in, in the playoffs, you've got to come up with big numbers in the paint. If you don't, you'll have games where you win, but you'll have games where you get slaughtered if the three doesn't go down. And we've seen it. And the, the Celtics defend the three very well, and you see very few uncontested threes against them usually they're at least contested um so they need to keep that up uh they can't get down somebody's going to get really hot in a game and beat them maybe where they shouldn't get that they didn't think they're going to lose and they can't let that get to them um a lot of it's going to be mental i mean you got a whole coaching staff that's never been this is all new ground for them um they haven't been through a playoff series and um so that's gonna be interesting to see how they react as coaches to this whole situation um so, uh, in fact, the more I think about that, there may be more pressure on the coaches than there is on the players right now going into this because, again, they're the unproven quantity. Um, he's done a wonderful job with them. He's got them to to listen to him. Um, I think they fear him a little bit. I think, he, I think he's mm-hmm. a real hard-ass. It's good. They need the hard-ass in that locker room. Um, and so the, it's going to be interesting to see. He's gone from, like, what? Who's the coach? What, where did he come from? To... <laughs> Coach of the year, coach of the month, maybe coach of two months. I don't know less. It's going to be hard to vote against him for this month, too. Um, so he's made a big leap from nowhere to somebody, and now he's going to go in the playoffs. And, you know, losing the first and second round of the playoffs, and all of a sudden then you're not very good anymore. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they come up with and if he can keep them on the same page. So it, it, it shouldn't be that hard because, again, nobody's doing what they don't do best. And – Tatum is still getting his 25 shots a game. Brown's still getting his 25 shots a game. So um, if, as long as those guys can just stay happy with that and, and move the ball around a little bit, get some other people involved on occasion and have some other people make shots, um, then this team can go a long way because they, they have the rim protector. They have the guy. You, you, you're going to have to have – you can't – Al Horford has had a lot, good year blocking shots. And the big reason for this is because they're always – the guys are not looking for Al. They're looking for Rob trying to figure out where he is when they drive to the basket because he's so good at coming from off his man to block shots. And that allows Al the opportunity to come from his man and block shots. And he's had a great year, I think, blocking shots, which I didn't expect. So, um, and, and he's, he's kind of a question mark in that um, when you talk about minutes, that's the oldest guy on the team. Mm. And the different minutes now, there's pressure minutes. Every trip up the court is, 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 is a pressure trip up the court. So um, uh, he, he's got to hold up. And I, but they do a pretty good job arresting him. I think, and, and um, again, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with what's going on right now. And I, so to, to answer your question um, as to what is that big thing, I don't think there is the one thing. I think it's just more of the same. That's what we want to see. We don't want to see any drastic change the first game of the playoffs. Where all of a sudden, they're not being the team they were for the first ten minutes, as Evan said against um, the Utah Jazz. Because uh, I agree with him. That was I hadn't seen him play obviously in person in a while because he didn't go on the West Coast road trip, mm-hmm. but. I'm sitting there in the garden. Holy cow. It, it reminded me, and they hate this comparison, but it reminded me of the Georgetown Hoyas back in the Big East days because you always had to count the players out there because it seemed like there were about seven Hoyas out there. You could complain <laughs> defense. Um, and that's the way the Celtics were. It's like every guy who got the ball in Utah got double teamed. 
and it, they just didn't cope with it. And Dwayne Wade was sitting about four or five seats off to my right. And I didn't realize he's a Barcelona now of the, of the Jazz. Mm. Um, and um, there was a point where uh, what's his name Donovan uh, came Mitchell. over to yeah, yeah Donovan came over to um, to Wade, and I was told afterwards by somebody who was sitting there said to Wade, he said, "We can't figure out what these guys are doing defensively. We have no clue." Um, and it didn't. It looked like it. it. Yeah, I know. And he's a good coach. The other guy, you know, he's a very good coach. It's -hmm. not like there's some guys, you know, that won't come up with any answers because they don't belong on the sidelines probably to begin with, but he does. And and he didn't seem to be able to come up with any answers for what Boston was doing. And that's, um, if we can keep that as the question, what, what the heck are they doing? You go a long way before people figure out what you are doing. Is Rob Williams the difference for you? Like you, you, you know, you mentioned him a couple, in the sense that, you know, for years, like, you know, this for years, the it's been no matter what they do in the regular season, it's been, yeah, but when they get it, a lot of, yeah, but when they get to the playoffs, how are they going to defend and beat, how are they going to defend Giannis? They have no answer for that guy in the middle. Now we have Rob like this barring injury, obviously, and hope that doesn't happen. You know, if, if you have a healthy Rob Williams out there doing what he's done all year to where he's a defensive player of the year candidate, is he mm-hmm. the, I don't want to say stopper because we're talking about guys that, you know, you hope to, you know, it's, it's tough to stop and you just hope to contain mm-hmm. him as, as the yeah. adage goes, but is he the answer? Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's the, he's the presence that, that if it, the substitute, you put um, Tice off the bench and put him in there. It's not the same guy um, who could do the same things, obviously. Uh, so uh, yes, I think he's a big, big difference. And, and, and again, he's getting better every week. Um, he, he, he's just become a better player. Every time I watch him a week later, you know, he does things I didn't see him do the week before. His confident level is through the roof. You see him now talk, directing other players around the court and yelling at other players. Um, he makes clutch free throws, something I never saw, thought he would do. He's very, very good at the end of the game um, shooting free throws. So, um, yeah, he's a big, big difference that was not there Um when he came out of training camp, it was like he was always, a guy who was hurt all the time. And then the first part of the year, he seemed to be hurt a lot. And then, wow, is this guy ever going to be able to stay healthy for 25 games? Well, knock on wood, so far he has. Um, and when he stays healthy, he just gets better and better. So it gives them the presence. You know, I, He's not going to stop and bead, for instance. Um, but he, what he is going to do is going to get guys looking around. You saw it, even the Celtics the other night when they drove the lane, they're trying to figure out where Gobert was all the time. They're always looking over their shoulder and you could see um, guys were fumbling passes because they're trying to find Gobert before they even get the ball. Um, and so that's what people are starting to do now with Rob. They're starting to look around trying to figure out where he's coming from the park, park shots. And once they do that, then the Celtics happen just where they want them because uh, then there's an indecision. And as soon as you get indecision on the part of a point guard on the other team, you're in great shape. Yeah, I remember asking Bob Ryan about this uh, back, I think, the start of the season when Rob was just dunking everything and just, you know, looking like a player that, you know, we haven't seen a lot of. So I asked Bob, I said, hey, you know, Bob, you've been around the team longer than pretty much anybody on this planet. <laughs> yeah, right. Have you – is is Rob like one of one in Celtics history? Because I can't come up with a, a comp for him at all. The athleticism that you see – is breathtaking, and and I don't think they've had anybody this athletic since you know maybe a young Gerald Green, um, and even yeah. at a much different size. But the yeah. stuff that he also does in terms of facilitating as an offensive player, as a passer, it's like totally unbelievable. His his free throw shooting, as you mentioned, like he's a really excellent, confident free throw shooter right now, and it's to the point where it's like at a point. There's a jump shot coming at some point with Rob. It's not right yeah. now, and I appreciate the fact that he doesn't try it right now. But at mm-hmm. some point, that's gonna that's gonna happen too. I I just don't know if if I've seen anyone like him in 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 Celtics history. And since we have you on the program and you've been around the team for a little bit, does he remind you of anybody, or is this truly a one of one scenario here? No, I think it's truly a one on one scenario. I can't I can't think of anyone even remotely who does that. Um, I pose a question to you, and I pose a question to Adam too. Um, Five years from now, rate for me number one, Tatum, number two, Brown, and number three, um, Rob Williams. In you got to order, you you order that I would put it in right there. I like Rob a lot, but Jalen's yeah. offensive ability as a as a, 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 a guy that can really start to finish through contact right now. That's the one thing about Jalen that's really impressed me, the physicality at the rim, being mm-hmm. able to body guys off him, have people bounce off and finish the play ahead of the line. That's been, for me, a huge thing with Jalen. And I've said this about Jalen for years and the past two years is looking to fruition. I think Jalen's going to be a top five transition player in the league. 
And I've always said this because of his burst, his speed. It's just the dribble had to catch up. Now the dribble's caught up, and he's an absolute nightmare in transition. So as much as I love Rob and his mm-hmm. unicorn ability, I still think it's Tatum, Brown, and Rob. And they're in Tatum, drop a level, and Brown and, and Rob are right there. But I'm assuming you probably have something maybe a little bit different. Yeah, I like Rob. I, I think Rob has a chance to be like a superstar in this league if he can get the jump shot. Mm. Um, if he if he takes the offseason and suddenly develops a 15-foot jump shot, I mean, there'll be you won't be able to deal with this kid at all. Um, because he brings the defensive presence that neither one of the other two guys bring. Now, this have to say they're not good defensive players, but he, he is a top five defensive player, defensive player of the year. People are talking about first team all defense. People are talking about if he gets an offense, which is, I mean, every time you look at the box score, he's six for eight, seven for nine. I mean, he doesn't, he gets baskets, but they're close. If he can develop a 15 foot jump shot, that's all he needs. Then he suddenly goes from being a, 10 or 12 point a game guy to a 20 and 22 point a game guy mm. who's getting 12, 15 rebounds a game and is blocking four or five shots and is generally causing havoc out there. So um, my guy, I, well, sorry to cut you off. I was going to say, I'd, I'd go in the same order of, of Tatum Brown Rob, but I think the bigger thing, and this is what you're alluding to is, you know, for years it's been, they have Tatum, they have Brown, they need a third guy. I think they've had yeah. the third guy all along. They were just waiting for him. I think Rob it's Williams, right. you know, this, this is this is your if if everything holds anyway in terms of you know keeping these guys because you've already got them locked up for a little while. Yeah. This is your next big three. This is the incarnation. No question. no question. And you and and it makes Marcus Smart a four, which probably makes him maybe the best four you'll find in the league, who's rated fourth on this particular on the team. Um, and and again, the guys I can't emphasize enough. The guys I was so glad to see Tice come back. I was a big Tice guy when he was here. He just he's he does the stuff that people don't want to do. He sets the screens. He runs the floor. He just does all that junk you hear top coaches talk about. Um, and so, again, if we can keep all these guys on the right page and, and White starts getting 48% of his shots to go down, um, then I think you really, if you're, if you're, you're going into the playoffs thinking, like, I got a good hand here. I got, I got some cards I can really play. Um, see ya. That's my wife leaving. Uh, <laughs> She wants to stop by. She talks Celtics too. She's welcome. Yeah, she, could. she could too. <laughs> I she believe ran, it. She, she ran the Biggie Sellers Network for a long time. So Is that right? She, yeah, she tends to flash back on that on me. But um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do. I do. Um, I, I do think they're going in with a good hand, and, and I don't think there's any real question marks. I think the big thing is. Health is going to be the big thing for every one of these teams. Like I said, I mean, what is going on down there? By the way, I've not had the uh, chance to look into it like I should have with, with the Miami thing and Spolster and, and Butler. What happened? Well, I, Butler and Udonis Haslam were getting into it on on the bench, and then you know Spolster after the fact was just talking about passionate guys, fiery attitudes. These things happen; they're not always so. Well, did you, did you see media, what? But. Did you see the the clip of what he said to Butler though. I, I mean, he only get the one angle gonna, of it. Said he was going to f and kill him, right? Wasn't no, the, uh, he has oh. Butler. He has Butler a question, and, and Spo's eyes are like ginormous. He's like, "Do you want to fight me? Is that what you said?" <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know what happened. I have no clue what happened. But I think extremely highly of Eric Spolster. I think he's continually the most underrated coach in all of basketball. Um, and the fact that people keep discounting the Heat is, I think, a slap in the face to what that guy can scheme up. And I think if you're asking, if you're trying to fight your head coach, who has accomplished a hell of a lot more than, and I'm not trying to bring Jimmy Butler down, but yeah. Eric Spolster has won NBA championships, albeit with LeBron James and that that crew. But like, I, I'm I'm not quite sure what's going on down there. I just know Kyle Lowry wanted none of it. He got up and left, and then tried oh, to call yeah. timeout in the middle of the huddle that where people are. I just know Kyle Lowry wants nothing to do with it, and that should tell you a little bit because Kyle Lowry's a guy that's a no nonsense guy trying to win a ring. This is maybe yeah. the last time he's going to have a shot to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, um, I had no idea Jimmy Butler was as good as he was until I watched him up close last year. And he's, he's mm. really a good player. Um, but yeah, see, if he's not getting along with Spolster, that's a problem. And as good a coach as I agree with you that Spolster is, he's not winning any championships without Butler playing 40 minutes a game or close to it. Let's um, take one, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was. That's all I had in that. All right. <laughs> Let's take one quick break. Tell you that, uh, it's that time of year. Obviously we've all been watching college basketball front and center right now. The tournament narrowing to the field of the elite eight. You had, uh, Gonzaga, the top overall seed go down. Arizona went down. Brackets are busted everywhere. If you're looking to wager this year, bet online. It's your top spots 
for all your updated odds and information along with great contests, including, of course, the bracket contest where you have the chance to take home the top prize. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. It's betonline.ag. Use the promo code CLNS50 to get you started. BetOnline, your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games as well. The fastest, the easiest place to wager on all the popular sports and games, college and pro, doesn't matter what you're looking for. Celtics, by the way, plus 850 to win the championship this year. Keep an eye on that. Uh, bet online <laughs> where where the game starts. I know you should have gotten them when it was like 60 to 1 back in January. But it was plus like plus 3,000 right a long yeah. time ago. <laughs> yeah. I stopped putting um, the odds in the read because it was such it was a dem- yeah, it was demoralizing. Like, I'm not putting how embarrassing these odds are in the read at all whatsoever. But now that they're... Plus eight fifty is really yeah. good value right now. Who do you who do you guys like to win this thing? Oh boy. Well I, I did like Gonzaga. <laughs> so my my opinion doesn't matter all that much. Um Villanova obviously is a really impressive team. I like them I a lot. Right. Love that guy. What yeah, about you? Oh Villanova. I think is yeah. I think they're a lock. I, I don't, I don't they, Yeah, I don't I don't see anybody who can beat them. I don't you know they 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 just go out and they play honest basketball. They cover you man to man. They go after you. They get a bunch of guys who all are the same. And you look at the pros and all these guys are all between six five and about six eight, and they all weigh about two hundred twenty pounds. And and they play really tough defense and they can score. Um, and he's just done such a great job of getting the same type of kid over and over and over again. Pascal, we saw him play the other night. Mm. He uh, Bridget, the kid out in uh, Phoenix, is really good. Um, they just got a lot of good players now um, coming through that program. And I don't see, you know, I, I, is he have North Carolina tomorrow? Is that who he has? In, in, I have to pull that, it up. I have to look at what's uh, what's UNC plays today, don't they? Who North Carolina? Doesn't North Carolina play today? I'll is tell you. Yeah. No, I did say North Carolina. I meant to say, um, does he have Duke? Is it is it Villanova Duke the next game that they play? That's a good question. I my my tournament. That's my pick. I think Duke's going to win just for the. You know the pageantry of Coach K at this point. Aren't you supposed to be going with Providence? Pro- Providence over Kansas. You. Oh, I like Providence over Kansas. I'll take the points there. Seven and a half. I'll take. Uh, so it's Villanova, Houston, and Arkansas Duke. Oh, see, that's Ooh. good. Now, they can beat Houston. They can. Yeah, that's good. It's the uh-huh. it's the win it for the Gipper year for Coach K. Now for Musselman's, I'm telling you, man, that that guy can coach his ass off. That guy, he loves. All the negative things they'll say about how they have no shot. They they feed into that. I love that. <laughs> we were yeah. talking, Mike, obviously. Well, we've, we've talked a lot about Tatum and Brown, as as everybody mm-hmm. should. I Just for, for giggles the other day while we were watching that blow out of the jazz, I, I put on Twitter, you know, is, is there a young duo in the NBA, age 25 or younger, that you'd rather have than Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown? And most people said, you know, of course not. Some people scoffed and said young duo. Any duo. There's no other duo I'd want in the NBA, let alone young guys over Tatum and Brown with the importance of of wings. And obviously there's some some Celtics fan bias in there as well. Some people mentioned, uh, you know, not quite there yet, but maybe they could get there. Booker and Ayton, uh, Mobley and Garland, uh, John Morant and Triple J there in Memphis, uh, Luca and, uh, you know, Broomstick with the, mm-hmm. we, we know how good obviously he is, but you know, how, uh, what I, what I was thinking about with regard to you is you've seen a lot of basketball, obviously, and, and never mind the NBA, but a lot of basketball in Boston in particular over the last four decades. How does this duo of Tatum and Brown stack up against other duos that we've seen here? Michael Bird, Mikhail. Sure. I mean, and you name it. I mean, obviously that one comes and to mind. You know, that's, that's, that's my t-shirt right here. Bird and Mikhail, as a matter of there fact. You go. See? Nice. nice. Didn't see that the whole time. It just our jam. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, it, offensively, I'm not sure there's been a twosome like this. Um, they're capable of getting you. Both of them have had 50 point nights, there, haven't they? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that that, that says a lot. Uh, yeah. I, they're right there. I mean, they're right there. I can't think of anybody who I would say in my mind comes quickly. Bird McHale off your t-shirt instantly comes to mind. Um, Antoine and Paul comes to mind, but they never won anything, so that that's hard to take them all that seriously. Mm. Um, and and you know, winning is winning is really important, obviously. Um, but I, I always get in the debate when people want to talk about Michael Jordan and they want to say who's the best player ever. Well, if you and then they go, well, who 
you compare him to LeBron, they'll say, well, Michael had X amount of championships, LeBron only has this amount. Well, if you're going to compare that, then Bill Russell was the best player in basketball by far because he had twice as many championships as Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And then you get on the list, and Tommy's better than Michael Jordan, and Kuzi's better than Michael <laughs> Jordan. Uh, so you get you can't throw out NBA titles as, as, as a criteria to judge. So um, so I, I won't knock Antoine and Paul that they're not winning anything. They were entertaining as hell, um, but they, they didn't win anything. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd have to say, you know, I don't go back to Havlicek and who's running around Jojo White and that, that crew, but, um, I, I guess you could say they're one, two, one, two, three. They're in, they're in the discussion. That's for sure. That's is Tatum, is Tatum you go around thing? the league, you go around the league. There are some mm-hmm. people around the league, I think. Um, Memphis, Memphis, I think here's a good one for you. I think Memphis wins the West. I think they're in the finals. Really? I think. Think they're that good. Yep. Despite what we've seen from the Suns and the Warriors, huh? Oh, the Suns have yeah, the Suns have really done it. He's done a great job with that team. Um, the Warriors, I'm not sure of. Uh, they got some issues, and Curry's not playing like the Curry we know. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't, I don't think Golden State's a factor. To be honest with you, um, I think Memphis is a surprise that's going to come out of the West. I could, you could, you could conceivably have Memphis and Boston. That'd be a be lot a, of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, it would be a really fun series. Did you bring that kid? That kid loves the lights. Yeah. Know, he loves them. It's yeah. awesome though. It's, yeah. it's, it's so like, and for a small market team like Memphis to land a guy like that who has captivated the entire league is amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody talks about the Knicks and moving somehow shoehorning Zion to New York or, you know, the Lakers exceptionalism and all that's like, it is so amazing that this young, athletic dynamo of a point guard who is a highlight reel every night has landed in Memphis, a place where, you know, a fan base that really loves basketball. I mean, if you go back to the grit and grind Memphis days, yeah. Did they win anything? No, but were they competitive? Yes. They play a brand of basketball. Keep people get behind the grit and grind Grizzlies. Yeah. People, it's an electric arena when things are going really well and they have arguably the most electric guy in the league right now with Ja, And it's, and it's not just Ja, though. I mean, the game they had the other night, it was it last night where Desmond Bain had yeah, Bain, what, like 28 Jackson. or whatever and, 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 and had Good a player. huge game winning shot and, mm-hmm. and the whole, the whole teams around him when Cassidy Hubbard is interviewing him after the game and everybody, yeah. I mean, the, the, the chemistry out there is, is quite something. I, I, there's a lot. I'm, basketball has been really amazing this year. There's a lot of really awesome, unique, wonderful storylines out there. Like, the Chris Paul renaissance in Phoenix is great, along with Booker. Mm-hmm. Terrific. We know Boston, Memphis. I mean, I know people don't watch a ton of them, but, like, the Orlando Magic are, like, kind of fun to watch. Like, they have some some guys. Wow. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of fun stuff. He, he said they're there. fun to watch. He didn't say they're good. No, yeah, they're fun good. to watch, though. <laughs> you know, they're fun to, it's not like the, the normal Orlando teams. And even, like – Well, Brett, so I mean, the Celtics were fun to watch in Brad Stevens' first year. They won 25 games. I know, but like even like fun to watch because they try hard. Crazy! This is just we're in a good we're in a good spot. Like talent around the league is unbelievable, and every and and there's more coming. I mean, I you you can see it throughout basketball. I mean, all the all the one seeds are gone. I mean, this NCAA tournament shows you that the 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 St. Peter's of the world can go out there with Kentucky and compete Mm -hmm. and and get to a game and go to overtime and say, "Oh, geez, a great effort by those guys." They've, but they're going to lose here in overtime because Kentucky's going to Kentucky. Instead, Kentucky gets their tail kicked in the overtime by these guys who make all their free throws uh, against Kentucky. Kentucky, meanwhile, is bricking every – they were, what, one for six or one for seven or something free throw shooting in, in the overtime. Um, and so, yeah, I think talent – the talent level, I guess is what I'm trying to say, has gotten very even. You know, you you got kids from small colleges who come in and they play, and you go, wow, he can, he can, that kid can really play. They're the point guard for Villanova this year. I think he he's Peyton Pritchard all over again at Gillespie. It's hmm. the same same player, same type of thing. Um, he'll end up as his backup point guard for a long time in the league uh, because he's smart like like Pritchard is. Um, but anyway, that's going off on a tangent there. Well, while you're talking about Pritchard, though, is there a, like, Evan and I, am, I'm not going to pretend, Mike, you're out there listening to Celtics Beat every single week, although you should, and you can subscribe on iTunes if you'd like to have that uh, notification sent right to your phone. We have been talking all season long, <laughs> since the off season. like, please, for the love of all that is holy, 
get Peyton mm-hmm. Pritchard in this rotation. While he's out there, you know, he's sitting on the bench getting the DNP CDs, you know, Schroeder's ahead of him and Richards is ahead of him and Pritchard's just not getting an opportunity and he may stick him with, you know, that firm eight-man rotation. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, please just give this guy a shot. Give him a chance. This this can at least potentially be the guy that can sort mm-hmm. of be that microwave that can give you that spark plug three-point shooting offense off the bench mm-hmm. that we so desperately have been calling for. And, you know, we'll see, obviously, come the postseason if it is, in fact, sustainable. He's got himself mm-hmm. in a position where at least he's got the opportunity. But I just mm-hmm. it's I, I, I just I, I bask in in in, <laughs> in in being thankful that at least he's got the chance now, because I don't really know whatever happened for him to fall out of favor before he ever got the opportunity after yeah. being a consistent part of the rotation last year under Brad. Okay. Again, I have no inside information on this, but I, I think, I think there was an understanding with Schroeder that they would play him a lot and that they would probably end up moving him when they, during the time they're going to move him. But from the beginning of the year, when he signed, I think there was some sort of an understanding there, for lack of a better way to put it, that he would get a lot of minutes so that his value, he could keep his value reasonably high to get more money when he, went to wherever he was going to go. So Pritchard had to be the odd man out on that. But as soon as he was gone, you know, Pritchard sud- suddenly got those minutes. Uh, it helped that uh, the other kid whose name I always keep forgetting. Neesmith. Smith went down. That helped and opened up more minutes again with that ankle sprain. Um, he popped in, in the game the other night. I was like, whoa, where's he been? Hmm. Um, and uh, But, you know, Pritchard has established now himself ahead of Neesmith in terms of who's going to get minutes. So um, I think we'll see it. He's going to get the opportunity, whether he can hit. He certainly can't hit the same run out 10 threes in a row or whatever he had on the trip, but um, he's, he can, uh, he'll get an opportunity to play. And he's, you know, he, he's, he's a good defender. He's tenacious. He sticks yeah. his nose mm-hmm. there. He, he, he defla- big deflection kind of guy. You keep, um, keep track of those, which a lot of coaches swear by that. Um, he's always getting a hand somewhere in the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to get the message. He's going to get the chance to show us what I think he can do. See, I think he can be a very, very good off-the-bench guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure he, he's a starter, but I think he can be an off-the-bench guy and be a backup point guard and, and be one totally of the top true. backup point guards in the league. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, in the uh, in the interest of time, because there's a couple more things I want to get to before we let you go. Uh, obviously, you know we we've mentioned a lot of Celtics greats on this show. Well, you were front and center uh, at uh, Kevin Garnett's jersey retirement ceremony there on the mic on the court, and just a just a it was a it was a great day, just a great day at the Garden. I thought it was an unbelievable ceremony put on by the Celtics and and you and everybody that was involved in it. Obviously, mm-hmm. from the reunion of the t- 2018 to the most importantly, the reconciliation of of that group, uh, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen and 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 Paul Pierce. And one of the things that has been a a big talking point since to, you know, at least a sort of unimportant talking point with regard to what's going on with the team this year, obviously. But Kevin Garnett mentioned Ray Allen as like, you know, you're next, you're next. And we don't need to have that conversation because I don't believe Ray Allen is next. But, you know, it it did get me thinking who would be next, you know, recognized. And I, I made the case, we were talking to Ian Thompson on the show earlier this week. And I, I think that, you know, it, it could be a few years, but uh, Danny Ainge, not the number 44, but Ainge, you know, like as like Losky, Ainge in the rafters, you know, recognizing his contributions to the organization, especially if this team, which has his fingerprints all over it, goes out mm-hmm. and wins a championship. But uh, w- what I'm building toward is, you know, as, as we're, you know, joined by a Hall of Famer in you, and what about you? I, like, I, I'm not saying, well, seriously though, like Chick Hearn has, well, Chick Hearn has a banner in LA from the Lakers. You know, it's, it's not like this isn't, this isn't some like asinine thought on my part. And I, I realized that, you know, I, I appreciate it. like Johnny most, here's what the thought is. I appreciate it. Well, like jo- Johnny most, I understand doesn't have, you know, a banner in the rafters, but like, well, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I could see another microphone in the rafters for Mike Gorman. I, I don't that is that's so far away from anything I ever thought was going to happen to me in my life that it's hard to even conceive. But thanks for having that idea. See what you see if you sell it. Is <laughs> it make a call? <laughs> see what I can do. But yeah. it's. I mean, look, I I don't know how much longer you want to do this. Obviously, you're going to go as as long as you want to go. Nobody's kicking you out the door, and and we love. 
you know, listening to you every single night. But I think that like, obviously, whether it's something in the rafters, whether it's some sort of like the, the Mike Gorman press box, I don't know what, it, like some recognition <laughs> is coming down the line to, to celebrate you. And I think that would be a very appropriate one. Well, thank you. And, and I, I'm flattered that you would think that way. Uh, I, I tell you who's next number to be retired though. And Marcus Smart. Really? Marcus, Marcus yeah. Smart finishes up his career here, which I think he will now that the, this is gone by weather. They have him through what, two more years, I think, in Sally. Um, it might even be three. He just signed in the offseason, so it might be three more after this year. Like yeah. So, more, yeah. so uh, my, my point is that he's probably not going to go in for sales. This is probably where he's going to play up the string in Boston. Um, so that could be a number. I would put his number up there if he, again, played out his career in Boston and maybe we steal one, get a flag here while he's here, uh, riding the duck boats. It'd be nice. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I mean, you've, you've got a few guys on this team that, you know, if if obviously they stick around and, and they win a banner or two, you know, mm-hmm. Tatum, Brown, Smart, like there's there's oh, potential sure. there for all of them. No question. No, And, and, and don't forget Rob Williams. Again, depending on how things play out down the line. But I guess Marcus is the more immediate because he's more likely to, to retire before either one of those other guys are, are likely to retire. Sure. Um, Although he's got a ways to go. Like he's, he's not even a decade in the league yet. I know he's been, it feels like he's been around forever, but, it, but it's not maybe 26, 27. Yeah. 27, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So he, you know, if he, he's got three years, four years at, at the peak of his abilities and then probably has another down year. So he's probably got five or six years left that he's a very effective player. Combine that with what he has already. If they would be put a championship in the middle of all that, I would put his number up in a heartbeat. Not to, not to take us back, Mike, but now I feel like I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. How much longer do we get to listen to you? Um, a while. <laughs> I, mean, I, I like I, a while. I, That's good. Yeah, probably not, probably two years. If you if you were trying to pin me down, I'd say two years. Um, I, I'd like to. I don't know whether how much I want to go on the road, so I'm going to have to have that discussion with with, with both the Celtics and, and stuff. But if we can reach some sort of agreement there, um, I would say a couple of years. See, so, yeah, if you had asked me that again three months ago, I might have said maybe a year. But <laughs> you now know, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but now I'm intrigued. Uh, yeah, I'm really so long as the team's fun to watch. Go. Um, they're fun to watch. They're playing the game now the way the game should be played, which I didn't think they were in the first 25 games of, of this year, and I didn't think they played at all last year. I thought they became a just ridiculous three-point shooting team last year. So um, I like the way they play the game now. I like the spirit with which they play it. I, I don't care if they don't know who I am or not. That, that it's not a big deal to me one way or the other. Um, and I just want to sit there in the garden and watch good basketball being played. Um, and I think there's a chance we're all going to see that over the next two, three years. Um, I, w- I would not, uh, I would be a champion to put Danny's name or something up there um, because he's, he's just given his life to the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, there should be some return there. Um, yeah. So I, again, back to your original question. Two years at least, I hope. That'd be great. Sounds good to me. Sounds entertaining. <laughs> Just keep playing. Like <laughs> good. Any, any deviation, then we got to re we got to rethink everything. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I was talking about this with Adam, and I've said this a bunch. You know, the beginning of the year was it wasn't a, a chore to watch this team, but it wasn't like no, my it was. Favorite it, it felt like work. You know, was, but now, I, I, yeah, it was now work. I'm at points where it's like I'm mad when they don't play. It's like, oh man, you know. I, I, like Wednesday night, like my whole my whole day revolves around. Okay, I gotta be in front of my TV at seven thirty seven, ready for tip off, and mm-hmm. I have so much time I get done with work to get all the stuff I need to get done. But it's all gonna get done by seven thirty seven because once that once that you know ball gets tipped in the air, I'm not moving. I'm staying mm-hmm. right there where I'm not going anywhere. This team is just the turnaround has been amazing, and I guess the only thing I my last question for Mike would be about Ime and this coaching staff because this team looked so stuck in a lot of old habits the mm-hmm. first half of the year, but they, they've done an amazing job of sticking with it and, and being hard on guys and, and, and trying to do the best they can to, to not only change habits for individual guys, but team collectively too. Like we all need to share the ball more. We all need to get back. And like, there's just a lot of changes have happened in terms of first year head coaching. I, I I'm not, I mean, I, Brad was a good first year at coach. He just didn't have the roster that this particular team has. He had, mm-hmm. right. he had, he had a couple of, uh, 
you know, uh, guys that were just placeholders at that particular time. Yeah. But I was still, regardless, I was still impressed with some of the things that they were able to do with that particular team. Uh, I'll never forget watching Gerald Wallace throw a pass to Jeff Green in the corner in Miami and win a game yeah. at the buzzer. And, and, yeah. and yeah. knowing right there, I was like, this guy's a different different guy out of timeouts for sure. But in terms of first-year head coaches, I, I am just significantly impressed with how they've been able to turn these around. And, and I don't know, because we, we spend so much time placing blame on people constantly. Mm-hmm. Last yeah. off season, it was, oh, it's Danny's fault. Oh, it's Brad's fault. Oh, it's Tan-. I don't know if we're doing a good enough job this year with, with the opposite, giving guys a lot of credit, you know, and <laughs> you no know, blame pie, a credit pie. Yeah. Because I, I think this is really a remarkable team right now. And Eme and I, and I pounded the table for Eme as much as I possibly could on the internet for the people that listen to me. Um, cause I really believed in his background and his history and being a former player and working for Popovich and all that stuff. But this staff has done an amazing job. And I, I, and Brad putting this team, I just don't know if we're giving enough credit to the people that deserve more credit than we do. Am I wrong on that, Mike? No, you're not wrong at all. Um, but I, I, you touched on something that I tried to touch on at the end of the, or the beginning of the post game show the other night when we do that Tommy award thing. Um, this, I hope people stop analyzing, stop, but it was right after Chris Forsberg, he just buried me with another fact that I didn't understand what he was talking about with some field goal percentage ratio, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, like, like just stop, just hold it a second. Just sit back and relax and watch this team play. This is special what's going on right now. I can't think of any other team I've ever been involved with in college pros or even a league I've been involved with where it's a, a team that was just a 500 bunch that didn't seem to like each other, become the love boat and win 21 out of 24 games and look like favorites now headed into the playoffs. Um, Celtic fans should sit back and just enjoy that. And, 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 and don't worry what the effective field goal percentage of this guy is as opposed to somebody else. Just watch the frigging game and enjoy it. Um, and, um, Again, you, you mentioned it, and it's true. Uh, that first quarter of the night, that was fun. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. I didn't even want to call the game. I wanted to sit there with the crowd. You know, one of these days I'm just going to say, hey, you want the experience with like me in the building? I'm not going to say anything for the next 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> seriously, and just let it play. And, you know, the, the, the crowd in Boston is so good. I mean, they get, they're right there. They want to explode. They were, you know, from the time Kevin Garnett read that primal scream and brought it into the, uh, uh, into the lexicon of what the Celtics were. They really want to – the crowd is there and wants to make noise. They want to get behind this team. And um, to just sit there in the building, you don't need me. You don't need Scal. You just, just sit there in the building and watch the game. And, and um, it's 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 worth watching right now. And you couldn't say that about the Celtics a while ago, but it's worth it's definitely worth watching. It, it's it's special. I mean, tell me the last time the Celtics team won 21 or 24. I don't think yeah. so. Might go back to like 08, 09, something like that. <laughs> you right. might go back to 58 or 50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, eight games left in the regular season. The next one is Sunday against the Timberwolves. That is at the Garden. Hopefully we'll have just as uh, entertaining and invigorating a start. We can all sit back and just watch and enjoy it. The playoffs are coming. They're rapidly approaching a couple weeks away. And this team... Sites on the number one seed in the East. We'll see if it ends up happening. Again, we are powered by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% sign-up bonus. Mike, always a pleasure having you on, truly. It is, uh, it's a great time. Hopefully we can, uh, I don't know, bug you again in the postseason, maybe. All right. I count on it. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. All right. For Mike, for Evan, I'm Adam. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you find us. We greatly appreciate it. This has been another edition of Celtics Beat. We'll talk to you next week.